Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two of my conversation with the host of the On My Mind podcast. Jeremy Keen joins me today. And man, we had such a great conversation in part one. I can't wait to hear his story here in part two. Jeremy, what's good? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, thank you again for having me on the show. It's it's incredible. We've already had a great conversation um, already, so I'm excited for this one too. <laughs> I am too, man. I am too. And and again, in in the second part of our conversation, that's why I wanted to leave plenty of time, room, and space for you to tell your story, man. Go as far back as you want to go. Some challenges that you've overcome, and and I'll jump in with questions from time to time, but. Would really be honored if you'd share your story here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a small town. Um, I uh, had a younger brother, about a, a year and a half younger than me. Um, so we grew up pretty close to each other. We were pretty great friends um, at times and pretty great enemies at times. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my parents uh, were together until I was 12. Uh, they were uh, then divorced and uh, stayed with my mom for a little bit. And then things changed and I, I moved in with my dad. Um, I, I, as far as the divorce goes, I didn't really like take sides or anything. Um, but I was, um, per potentially, uh, maybe manipulated into believing certain lies and things. And it's like, um, as I grow older, I realized that I, I don't think there was ill will. I just think there was misunderstanding in the whole thing. Um, that, that was at least what I, what I hope, um, was the motive behind it. Um, but, uh, in, uh, the small town of Halstead, uh, Kansas, I, um, learned, uh, that there was a bus route, uh, after school on Wednesday nights, uh, that would, uh, bus kids to this church, uh, it's a youth group facility. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And live music always attracted me. I've always been into music and just production and things like that. Uh, I used to wanted to 
make movies and shorts as a kid. Um, I even made a couple with my friends um, just for fun, like uh, <laughs> zero editing. Literally, I just filmed scene after scene, but um, took it into uh, started going to that that youth group. Um, and man, was I hard headed or what? Um, but from seventh grade all the way until I was a senior in high school, I didn't fully commit to accepting Jesus or anything like that. Um, but ultimately, uh, finally, uh, the night prior, I was probably drunk or at least drank some alcohol um, and, you know, just depressed. I faced a ton of depression, um, just like this heavy burden weight disgusting life feeling um and then the next night i was uh in a in a in a wednesday night church service um where honestly i just went for the fun time um, because they had like a gymnasium and a video games and stuff to play yeah it was um, something to do right yeah right it was something to do and especially when you're in a small town you crave that like oh i can go somewhere and play video games for free and like they don't charge me anything. <laughs> i was like oh, that's something yeah that's pretty me. cool right yeah <laughs> yeah and then my dad would always give me money to be able to spend there which he almost you know never really did but he's like oh you're going to church here here's five dollars or you know i was like okay <laughs> well you put that five bucks in your pocket and you're playing yeah. free video games all night man right and then they had a cafe where i'd always get a wild cherry pepsi because they didn't have dr pepper mm -hmm. i'm a huge dr pepper fanatic but yeah they didn't carry that at the time i've since changed that um yeah but those spoiler alert um anyway um yeah ultimately um I decided to give my uh, life to Jesus when I was a senior in high school in April uh, and turn around and I graduate and I'm like, oh, what do I do with my life? I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and then there was an opportunity to become a staff member at this youth group. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, so I was like, I'll give it a shot if, if they'll let me. And that night I decided um to want to try to serve was the night they had the first meeting for all the people who were interested and uh one of the youth leaders there his name was clint and he's just like go you know what just just go to it he's like you might not have signed up so far but just go and now um i uh <laughs> am a youth leader and i'm recently you know dedicated to jesus but cut all of the the stuff out of my life and the holy spirit really just worked on me um to really just uh do that and uh some more things about my background that i just want to cover real quick just of what i've overcome i shared about the depression um my um i, I lived in a home that there was abuse um, and, uh, like drug, uh, issues and things, which is why I moved from one house to the other. And, uh, I don't want to put any of them on blast because ultimately it was something I could overcome. And, um, uh, basically Jesus helped me through all that time yeah. is, is my belief. And, um, I believe each and every one of those people, uh, that were involved in that, uh, have 
figured out maybe what they did wrong and uh, recommitted um, towards, you know, uh, better things and uh, maybe even found Jesus along the way, which is my ultimate prayer for everyone in that situation Yeah, uh, that they would impact, uh, be impacted by that, um, by the same thing that I feel like turned my life completely around. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sticking here for a moment because this was the moment that everything in my life fixed itself. I feel like it was the turning point when I met Jesus, it was the turning point that took this depressed, you know, high school. I I've only ever drank illegally in high school. Um, and then after I, I was saved, it's like, I just was like, I, I want better. Um, and, and maybe even one, it wasn't even me. It was the new me. Um, that I would become, but, um, do you feel like it gave you some stability? Because I mean, you know, in your story, there's a lot of instability, right? You, you, you have a pretty normal childhood, you and your brother growing up together, um, loving and fighting, you know, but your parents divorce at 12. There's back and forth, back and forth, back. Now you're a senior in high school. You haven't had stability for a good while. Do you feel like the change that the Lord made in you was the start of stability in your, not only, not only in your emotions, but in, in other things in your life? I, 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 and again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Jeremy. I'm just trying to, that's the way that, that I'm looking at it is, okay, this, this guy finally has some stability. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because every wednesday night without fail and i mean at the rare occasion um i was i was attending this place and even though it took all that time um for me to finally you know fully accept uh jesus i uh had prayed the prayers before and uh, done it but i didn't really notice a, a real big impact on i don't know my main belief system and wanting a change and like really desiring it uh, until that point. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Um, So, yeah, ultimately... Uh, I feel that uh, is what I I was craving. It's like consistently every single Wednesday, all those people were there 
showing me love. And like, I remember one guy um, who's still there today and they remembered my name the first week. And that second week was like, hi, Jeremy. When I got off the bus. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that so powerful? (laughs) So yeah, incredible. Like to this day, I still remember that because that was so impactful. It's like I was 12 years old when I started going. And yeah. I was like, or, or 13 or so. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, why, why does that adult want to remember my name? Why, why, why do they care about me? You yeah. Kind of like, it's like, what's the <laughs> ulterior motive here? Right? right. Right. What's in it for them? I yeah. was like, I, I didn't realize at the moment of course um so yeah it was it was quite an impact um and and seeing or or hearing that you know my my dad had been divorced seven times um i was worried about eventually getting married and staying faithful because i'm like well if my dad did that well what about you know uh, is there like a, some sort of a curse on uh, marriage or or anything like that so i wasn't necessarily willing to like settle down with anyone or anything like that and i really hadn't even had a girlfriend or relationship because i was maybe worried about the impact that would have on me um because i i definitely don't like losing things um i've never dealt well with a loss or a breakup or any sort of thing like that um even like my friends uh uh losing friends you know as you grow older um out of like middle school into to high school even you you switch friends and you just become like a new person and it's not that you know you don't like that person anymore i can't hear you forgive me for jumping okay. in there yeah, yeah. No it, well you have to take the thing off mute yeah. you know that's that that's <laughs> the problem well jeremy forgive me for jumping in there yeah your dad's been divorced seven times so yeah. you've got not only your natural brother i'm sure you've got half brothers and sisters and things like that yeah. is that you know i you, you just said a moment ago that made you fearful to commit did you ever get a straight answer? i mean not maybe that you didn't ask or something like that yeah did you ever ask or wonder why your dad had been married and divorced all those times yeah um i definitely did and he wouldn't uh, really even talk to us about adult level things until we were adults so finally when i was like 23 or 24 i i talked to him about it um a couple of them were um i don't know just strange circumstances um two two of them were but five of them were legitimately like okay uh, i like you enough to marry you let's get married okay divorced um, and then my mom was his sixth marriage, um, and it was thir- 13 years um, by the time that they divorced when I was 12. And then he did get married again um, and has since divorced again. That was his seventh. So, How much, not to, not to be nosy or anything, I'm just, sure. I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Yeah. 
so if you if your mom was number six, how much older are your? Do you have like way older half brothers and sisters? I actually only have one sister, uh, half sister, and she is thirteen years older than me. Wow. Um. So yeah, uh, we're still good. I mean, we have a great relationship. Uh, uh, she buys my kids like she got to watch my kids uh, the other day she lives uh, i mean a good distance away but we were venturing that way and we were like hey we got a wedding to go to do you want to watch the kids real quick and she like planned the whole day bought them special things that they could do together um but yeah great relationships out of what seems like an awful thing like seven times like yeah that, that i mean that could be <laughs> yeah. you know because there could be some resentment there like well hey you know um i don't have to accept you guys because right. you know all we do is share a dad we don't share the same mom and things like that but yeah. it sounds to me like she has just embraced the fact of of having two little brothers yeah and it, we don't it, even call each other like half i'm like no no that's, it, no, that's yeah 100 <laughs> percent, 100 percent. i, I want to stay here for just a minute if i can sure thing you you were talking about being fearful somewhat of of getting into a committed relationship yeah do you feel like you know do you, do you feel like that that fear kept you from finding the person you ended up with or do you think at some point it was like that that was probably a good thing it made me a little more selective it made me a little more cautious I didn't want to run and jump into something because there, there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it and you can say it's damaging or it's healthy for you. How did you feel like it ended up for you being a little more cautious like you were? I, I think it is a uh, very um, hidden blessing, like a blessing in disguise um, for my dating lifestyle. But then for my actual marriage, um, I feel like maybe it is something I have to combat uh, the fear of. And it's like, I know fear isn't from God, so I can conquer that uh, pretty well. But then it's like, well, I, am I ultimately going to end up being a failure? Like, I feel like I, I'm challenged with that all the time. But it's like, then I, I get this resilience. It's like, no, I'm, I'm different. Uh, I'm not the same as anyone before me i'm gonna i get to choose the path that i lay um and the example that i set for my sons um so i i think god takes anything um that might seem like a negative and can turn it for good uh as long as we really follow off after his uh desires for us um, well, so and that's my goal of course and Jeremy, it's a beautiful thing because it just illustrates the redemptive power of God that, you know, even in that situation, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't matter to the Lord, right. your dad, the Lord still went to a cross and died for your dad, just like he did for me and you didn't right. matter how many, I mean, he could have been married 200 times, he could have had all the wives of Solomon and yeah, 700 wives. Uh, listen, 
I have no idea. I, I, I see that show Sister Wives, and I'm thinking uh, one woman for me is hard to please. How do you do five <laughs> at a time? You know, right. how do you how do you please five at a time? But you're right, Jeremy. And and again, I what and the reason that I'm I'm asking these questions is is because I think it's absolutely amazing what God has done in your life in spite of that challenge and things like that, because it'd be like, man, alive. I don't want to end up like my dad, you know, but, and I think you beautifully said it, the hidden blessing and hidden curse. When, when you did find your wife, how early did you have to address the situation of, Hey, look, I had to tell you something, you know, because I'm sure, because here's where I'm going and forgive me for the long winded question. No, that's okay. There's a lot of times in the minds of 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 females, they go, "Okay, I found Mister Right." Man, his dad's been married six times. Is that going to be a generational pattern? Yeah. You almost like if your dad had been an alcoholic, or your dad had been a drug abuser, or something that's generationally patterned. Did you? How was that conversation like with your wife? And, and what did you learn about her in the process that you go, yeah, you're different. You're, you're, you're somebody different. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great question because, um, so my first ever, um, girlfriend, I finally was like, okay, God, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to even think about who you want me to date. I'm not even going to worry about it. Uh, I'm just going to give it to you. Um, but be careful when you say that, uh, everybody, because it's like, Oh, about um, more things than just that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. And it's like, well, God's like, okay. Um, so two weeks later, uh, two girls, both named Ashley, uh, tell me they like me, um, individually. And, um, one of them, uh, was, well, both of them were extremely good friends of mine. So I already know these people so well. So I had to and call I'm them like, Ashley A and Ashley B. It, right, I guess. right. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. One of their last names was B, so yeah. she was Ashley B. There um, you go. And, um, and she's my my wife. Um, but anyway, uh, what's well, Ashley K now? You know, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, A R K, um, her initials. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's impactful because the church that I've been telling you about is called the Ark. Um, oh, that's awesome! Uh, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no, yeah, that, there, no Talk coincidence, no coincidence there, my man, no. none at all. I know. I'm like, okay, sign God. Well, all right, okay, I get you. I get your humor. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I was like, I want to be a good steward of these relationships because one, they're such a um, valuable friend to me that I'm like, I don't want to tell one of them yes, one of them no and hurt the other one or anything like that. So I'm just going to be like, okay, thanks for telling me you like me. Cool. Um, And then a few weeks go by and the other Ashley, um, she'll she'll be known as the other Ashley. Um, She tells me, hey, I do like the idea of us dating, but I also like the idea of you two dating. So if that's something you want, I'm okay to see you do that. And it would not hurt our friendship. And I'm like, did, 
did she have like an intercom into like mine and God's, you know, boy, talk about bowing out gracefully, man. That, like, that's what? beautiful. <laughs> like I, I'm just sitting here stunned Yeah, like that. That just doesn't happen without divine intervention. You know, I know. And, and that's one thing is like, uh, she was a, a great, you know, Christian. And I mean, all of us were, but she was like, um, she grew up in a Christian home and she, you know, knew how to pray and talk to God and hear from the Lord. So, uh, it was probably something, uh, to do with that. It was also something probably to do with, um, you know, uh, just the whole, the whole situation and everything. I don't know what conversations went on in the background. I only know my side of the story. (laughs) Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Um, yeah. but, uh, man, um, I was like, okay, if you're okay with it, I might ask her next week. Um, so then I asked my wife, uh, out on our very first date. Um, and, uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, we begin dating and you, you asked how long it was before I told her about my dad, uh, two months, it was about two months in. Um, because she met my dad at, in November at, uh, Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to take you home. I want you to meet my, my dad and my stepmom and, um, everything. And, and then you'll, you'll know who these people are that I've been telling you about. Um, and so we did that. She got to meet them. And then I, you know, I just unload all this extra stuff. So, happy holidays here's this baggage that i have to to let you know about um have some and, of this with your pumpkin pie is that yeah. it's kind of is that kind of how it went you know yeah yeah have some pumpkin pie and settle in yeah. and <laughs> uh, yeah it was quite you might want to you might want to put your feet up we're gonna be here a while yeah <laughs> yep um and so yeah i i basically told her um but uh i was like so if we ever become more serious, I need to let you know, uh, the word divorce will never be in my vocabulary. Yeah. Um, I, if I commit to you, uh, that is not an option. Um, and I was like, you can do it if you so choose, but I will never in my entire time, even, consider saying those words to you. Um, and that's my commitment. 
And if I ever go against that, you can call me out. You can be like, Jeremy, you said this to me. And I was like, because I want to make that commitment now. And I, I, it's always my goal to never go back on that commitment. So that's how I handled it. And, uh, luckily she, uh, she's so graceful. I just, I, she just always gives me so much more grace than maybe I really deserve. And she's such a great help meet to me in that way. So, so so did you and your dad have any pre marital conversations like, Hey, let me give you a piece of advice or I wish I had done this. You know, if I had done this or this, I probably wouldn't have been married seven different times. I mean, what were those conversations like between you and your dad before you got married? Uh, non-existent. Um, and I hate that, but, um, he, he really didn't offer any, uh, advice. So I, I just didn't ask for it. And I, I wish I would have, I wish, I, I mean, I, I was not a person that ready to seek wisdom at that time. Um, and that was unfortunate, I would say. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just ready to not let that be my future. So I didn't even want to think about, uh, the courses he took. And honestly, though, looking back, I, I had learned so much from the conversations I had already had with him about it that I was like, I I'm ready to, to understand how not to do what he did. Well, Um, it might've almost been like beating a dead horse. And, 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 and again, I don't, I don't want to make light of it or, or, or keep dwelling on it and things like that. But you know, I, re- I can remember having conversations with my dad. My dad was like, well, yeah, you might not want to do this or this that crept yeah. up. In- <laughs> and I think every father and son, you know, I've done it with my son. Hey, son, you probably don't want to do this. I did this. It's pro- you know, it-, it turned out this way. If I can keep you from doing this thing, you'll be much better off in life. Yeah. It almost feels, I mean, Jeremy, it's almost like a rite of passage. You've got two boys. I've got a son. So it's almost kind of like a rite of passage. Like this is, you know, this is what should happen. You know, um, I got to think of, I don't know if you remember the, the, the 80s Saturday night live sketch, Hans and Franz, like hear me now and believe me later and listen to me some other time. Uh Like, you know, it's almost that rite of passage between father and son. Hmm. You mentioned the gracefulness of your wife. I want to go here for just a second. Sure. Did you get any pushback from her family when they found out, like, oh, yeah, um, Jeremy's dad's been married and divorced six times, seven times? <laughs> because, and the reason I ask that is mm. girls' parents, especially dads, a lot of times, very active, involved dads are like, oh, boy, this may be a red flag and things like that. Did you feel like you had to overcome anything with your in laws regarding yes. that? Yeah, I would say so. Um, among the other things, I'm also not a very um, out outdoors or mechanically inclined. Like, I can't work on a car very well. I mean, I can do basic stuff like. Dude, you changing. and I are like, yeah, yeah, we're 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 a lot alike. I am the least mechanic. I don't work mm-hmm. on vehicles. Um, I'm the least <laughs> mechanically. Yeah, I'd be like Tim the Toolman Taylor. I'd probably end up in the emergency room if I worked on something. So. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, I can change a tire. I know how to check 
uh, oil uh, and the level and fill it. I know how to pump gas. That's it, probably. I mean, yeah. I've learned some other stuff that I hate to know how to do because I then I like want to save money and do it myself, but then I'll know I'll run into something that I have to pay someone to help me with anyway. So ultimately, um, her dad is a car nut, um, was a pinstripe painter. Uh, so I'm more related to him on the art side of the painting. Um, but then, yeah, um, I, it came time to have like the conversation seriously when she wasn't there with hey my intention is to marry your daughter eventually um and then ultimately i asked for his final permission uh one night without her there at all um but then just like while we were looking at a car that i had break down that i asked him to help me with <laughs> or, or something like that um he you know i told him i'm like uh you know i'm trying to live a different life and, and, uh, take a different path than the one that was maybe set before me, um, because I'm not happy with what I saw. Yeah. Um, and I think he realized that I was wholeheartedly, uh, dead set on, <laughs> uh, all or nothing type of a commitment, uh, to it. And I think that's maybe what caused the, conversation in the final moments before you know i'm like hey i'm gonna pop the question is that okay um and uh that those final moments were so much easier because he already knew me um in a way uh that would basically allow that to happen man man oh man this has been so good let me ask you this sure what do you think you'll pass to your sons if it if it comes up and and you know they find out and, and you know i hate to say it this way jeremy but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it this way people because a lot of times people can be cruel yeah and they can go hey uh you ain't gonna be like grandpa are you i'm <laughs> just putting that in my best west virginia like you ain't gonna be like grandpa are you <laughs> right yeah no my, the, the, my grandpa always said far tar and surl yeah. He called cereal Cyril. Cyril. Yeah, Cyril. Yeah. Gotta have some Cyril. But <laughs> what's the one thing that you're going to make sure that you pass down to your boys when they get to that age and they go, Dad, I think I found the one? Yeah. What's that one What's that one piece of wisdom you're going to pass down to them? Uh, attempt to see the value they add before they ever have to tell you about that value. Uh, I would say, um, hunt all of the good things that come from that person and know that, and that is ultimately the person you are deciding to be with. Um, everyone will have flaws. Everyone will make mistakes and have arguments. Um, if you're not arguing, uh, there's probably a worse problem than if you are. Um, if you've given up enough to not argue, then you really don't care what that other person is doing or thinks. But if you're willing to argue your point and try to, uh, uh, you know, make the other person understand, it means you actually care about them. Um, so don't worry when you argue and always hunt the good things that, 
are brought to you because of that person being in your life? Well, it is Stanley Hudson versus Dwight Schrute. The argumentative versus leave me alone. I don't want to do anything. And yeah, uh, I had to get that office reference in there. By the yeah. Way. And, and well, Stanley Hudson, he was divorced several times. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But the one who always got his point in won the girl that he, uh, of his dreams yep. by the end of the show. Dwight <laughs> Kurt yep. Schrute. Yeah. My middle name is Kurt, not fart. <laughs> and I'm not a security risk. So one of Jim's famous pranks. Like, yeah, you got to love the office. Jeremy, man, you have been awesome with your time. Tell folks again how they can find you. Um, remind folks where they can get your podcast. Um, let folks know in the, in the last couple minutes how they can connect with you. All right. Uh, well, it's definitely been a pleasure sharing um, uh, all this. And uh, if I could say just one final, final thing is if you take anything away, it's just uh, always hunt the good in whatever situation you're in because God will ultimately uh, – be able to magnify the good and um, the bad will just be an experience you can share with others. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, at on my mind pods on uh, social medias, uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook uh, on my mind pods, uh, like what's on your mind impacts your day, whether it's for good or bad. So let's keep good things on our mind. That's what I say at the beginning of every podcast episode, because I think it's in, important, the impact we have on others. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at the On My Mind podcast with Remy Keen. That's R-E-M-Y-K-E-E-N-E. -E -E. Remy is my nickname. Jeremy is my full name. You'll call me, You'll find myself calling me Remy Keen over there um, because that's, that's who I am also. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it would be great to connect with you. Um, if, if you are so willing to be inspired just that little bit, uh, to have a, a better day just by changing one little thing that's on your mind. And that's thank awesome. You. That's, that is so cool. No, thank you, Jeremy. It's been an honor having you. I've loved our conversation, man. I appreciate you joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.